0: On and off duty. The Blue Line Bow Hunters podcast starts right now.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to the Blue Line Bow Hunters podcast. Matt Steele here, the the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Great show here for you. I have the great tailgates <laughs> of Rivers Bend Outfitters out of Meeker, Colorado, and Dano. Dano, I don't even know your last name. Lemon dano lemon mm-hmm. dan lemon yeah uh tell how you doing man great to
2: see you brother doing good buddy thank good to see you, you brother. Good to See yeah. you,
1: thanks for uh thanks for doing this um as uh you guys know uh we're coming out the blue line bow hunters and my dad and father-in-law we're coming out here this september super yep. excited to come hunt with you guys cool. um i know dad was out there in 2019 in one of your drop camps mm-hmm. and uh they had success i mean they didn't shoot anything <laughs> well they did they hit one didn't get it but <laughs> um just uh super excited to come out. Uh tell says that it's a 100% opportunity guaranteed 350 full or your <laughs> money back that's right right did yeah. i get that right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah depends yeah. how good i rope that yeah. day yeah. i think i think ashley showed me that in the brochure it's a hundred percent 350 or uh, nothing that's the that's ones a... we use at the zoo that's where we go for that yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about this i mean how long you been doing this
2: yeah yeah you know my dad uh started rivers bend outfitters in 1976 um i was born in 81 so it was well before i was born and uh god love him he'd been packing me in those mountains since i was a year old you know he'd put me in a pannier and just dragged me along all day at a at a year old which seems crazy but um and then i just enjoyed it so i've worked for him my whole life and um and just love it you know my brother would be going to town messing around with friends and and nintendo or whatever i'd be out in the field calling in elk and building different blind or or doing that but um up there on the mountain my my dad has shown me places that uh me my dad and maybe an Indian has seen uh, in an airplane but uh, Lewis and Clark maybe yeah yeah
1: yeah.
0: or maybe Dano or Or maybe maybe Dano Dano. yeah Yeah. we've taken (laughs) Dano there a
2: time or two and um so you know just the love of it and he loved it I love it and I bought my dad out in 2014. Okay. Worked for him my whole life, and so
1: you guys been you you've had it then for about eight years. Coming up on your eighth year here, correct? Okay,
2: yep. And then in 2019, we bought a neighboring outfitter out. I had the nine original camps from my dad, and bought six more off a of neighboring outfitter, so that um, didn't quite double our size. But I knew the country and knew it was good, okay. and. Um, purchase them so
1: it's in meeker colorado but meeker colorado isn't like when like from our hometown of dubois pennsylvania where it's like 70 square miles meeker colorado's large oh it's i mean just your camps like you were showing us today where we're hunting in what you call the upper ute to this place called log jam you said it's like 40 miles on horseback correct correct? or as a crow flies probably longer than that on horseback Yeah. yeah i mean just take me through like where is it located in colorado and
2: so Meeker's in the northwest corner of Colorado, and um, it's uh, right up, right up in the uh, Flat Tops Wilderness area. You know the White River District, and um, so it from Meeker, our camps would be due east of Meeker, up the White River. Okay. And the White River kind of forks. Well, it doesn't. It forks. There's a the North Fork and the South Fork, and um, most of our camps are kind of in between that North and South Fork, but hug this tighter to the south fork side okay of the river
1: nice and so you guys do mostly elk hunts elk guided hunts i
2: i know my like i said my dad did a drop camp what what do you do mostly of so i'd say a majority of our business is actually the drop camps okay you know and i could do more guided hunts uh we choose not to just because hiring guides is is, is tough you know dano's got to eat dano's gotta eat They're yeah eat. and dano's getting kind of gray so but he's all right good luck keeping <laughs> up with him um no the drop camps the drop camps are probably probably most of what we do in the rifle seasons i've always told people here at the booth that if you're willing to listen to me in rifle season i'm going to show you those same spots that i'd be setting with you if i was guiding you okay and so we like to educate our new clients and show them how to hunt in rifle season now archery that's a different ball game you know it's it's a learning curve. I learn something new every year, you know, from these elk, and I've been doing it my whole life.
0: Every time you get busted, you learn something, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, it's
1: not a failure; it's no. a future success. It's an education, is, is the way to look yeah. at it. So, these drop camps, like, uh, since you say that's a majority of your business, like, what does that
2: entail? Like, you just you you say here, you go on a map, and you say good luck. No, no. So, somebody books a drop camp with us. We're going to send them actually coordinates and name the spots of where we'd recommend they hunt okay then when we'll pack those guys and all their gear in and literally show them how to hunt it we'll show them a majority of these spots we can't show them all of them right it would be right now in the dark but we will show them and make sure they're comfortable with how to get to these places um when they kill an elk uh, they need to skin it quarter it hang it 20 30 yards um from where they shot it and then let us know that it's down and we'll come up and pack it out and and take it to a processor to have done whatever they desire. Nice. Mm.
1: And what's your success rate on those drop camps? Like, Because you do both archery, rifle. Do you guys do muzzleloader, dabble in muzzle loader, mm-hmm. or a little bit? Or? Sure. We do.
2: Our muzzleloader is a little harder tag to draw because it takes points. But our rifle drop camp success is around that 50%. That's pretty good. And then archery is like a roller coaster because I get new guys every year that, boy, they heard bulls bugle every morning, every night. Why did they stop during the middle of the day? Well, that's just what they do right. most of the time. But um, um, archery, our repeat guys in archery, they do good. They do around that 50% as well. Like
1: you said, every time someone comes out, they're learning a little it's a, more. It's an
2: education with the
0: archery. Right. You know, right. They, have to, they have to learn the skill, and it, it, it's a lot to know.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's I'm so excited to come out here this year and learn. And we're going to get to my hunt because that's the most important thing on my <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, so these drop camps, you take them out, and, and basically – they can really go out and do their own thing, do their own hunt, sure. like, but you're putting them in a better position where it's, uh, what's the advantage of doing a drop camp with you as opposed to going to some place where you can just buy an over-the-counter tag?
2: Well, some of our, some of our rifle season is over-the-counter archery is a draw. It takes a point to, to draw that, that, that drawn archery I love because it keeps an influx of hunters out of there. A lot of these over-the-counter units, there's, there's 25 hunters chasing one bull. Okay, And, um. You know, our unit is a three-unit combined, so that means that there's three units you can hunt in when you draw our tag, and they're big units. They're in Meeker, and we're the only one that is not accessible by ATV or four-wheel drive. The other two are. There's roads all over them, so that's a little more convenient.
0: Even bicycle. Yes.
2: We can't even take a bicycle to our camps, but that's a little more convenient for the general public to go to. To get to our camps, you hiked in you know, anywhere from six to 14 miles in, well, all of a sudden you kill a bull up there, how are you going to get it out? Right. And, um,
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Neither cut do a, they. Cut a quarter off, throw it on your back <laughs> and start walking, I That's guess, what is, what, is yeah. what you're going to have to do. Um, now take me through your guided hunts a little bit. Uh, that, that'd be you, Dano, uh, taking you out. What, what's your ratio? What are you normally, let's say an archery hunt, mm-hmm. you're, you're taking in how many guys to camp um, how many times do you hunt that camp
2: during the year? So, on our guided camps, we'll start with, with we do not hunt those guided camps prior to hunting them with the people we're guiding in. Okay. For instance, in archery, we have four weeks of guided archery. I'm in four different camps that I've had no other hunter in. I want it to be brand new, That's awesome. ready to roll. I
1: like hearing that. <laughs> yeah. we got a lot of country to pick yeah. from. Okay. Yeah, Awesome.
2: Um, and then, um, you know, it's... uh. It's, it's one of those that you, you know, you know where the elk are at, what it holds, whether, whether given, you know, if it's hot, full moon, you, you know, they're still in there cooped up, right. But you gotta be, there's places you gotta be careful not to blow them out of, you know, right. we'll, we'll start hunting the first of the, the hunt there. We'll start a little closer to camp, but if it, if it means we got to go, you know, a couple four or five miles away from camp, we can do that. we. We know a lot of spots. I think most of our success is knowing the area. You know, right? Well,
1: you've lived there your whole life. So, I mean, you probably know that place like the back of your hand now. Like you said, you, your dad, and <laughs> an in Indian, and possibly Dano. Yeah. We yeah. so. in a trail in there we don't know. Right. And that's awesome. I think that's invaluable. I mean, for, I went out, I've only been out there once hunting. And I think I told you I went to near Yampa, the Root National Forest. And they said there were 42,000 elk there. Yeah. I saw approximately zero that whole week, and I put 50 to 60 miles on that week. Um, I did see six moose, which I was told that there was approximately 30 moose in that area. (laughs) So I saw one fifth of the moose population and 0% of the elk population. So to say I was disappointed, I told Tell earlier, we had talked here at the booth that all I got to see is one elk, and it's a success for me. Uh, compared to the last time I was out there, but then again, I tell again said that 100 percent 350 nothing less. Yeah, or your yeah. money back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I'm so excited to go out there with you guys and, and, and hunt and just see an elk this time. Um, but uh, as far as like preparing for the hunt, what should what should what do you tell most of the people here at the booth? Like, uh, what's the most important things? I mean, obviously, you know, there's gear that needs to be bought. Right. There's there's probably some workouts that need to be done to try and keep up to, to Dano here. Uh, what about horseback riding? I mean, we're in Pennsylvania. I've been on a horse twice in my life. Yeah.
0: You know, and I heard, uh, I was just talking to a gentleman who was telling me that um, they're going to, there's a girl that does, or in the horses, and she has a package just for hunters. Okay. It's a four-lesson package. To, like, practice on. Just to get up on the horse. And mm-hmm. I, I, I said, that's a great idea because... You need to get comfortable because it, it's a some of our camps is a long ride and it's not you're not going down a path. I mean you're going up the side of a mountain. So right. I want you to feel comfortable on the
1: horse. Right. You know what I mean our
0: horses, they're not going to let nothing happen to you. Right.
1: They're trained and but I think horses they have that sixth sense too where they know there no doubt they know that uh, they know when you're nervous. Yeah. You know what I mean. Sorry, yeah, your cowboy hat getting yeah, in the way Yeah, of get, I don't take no that t- off. do tell your your hair looks, hair looks great. But Thanks. you know what? They also
0: know who's in the lead, right? And as long so as we're there, the leader. As long as we're there, they ain't gonna mess around because they know we're coming back, right? Right. You know, so they don't. They know.
1: So, so back to the original question what What's the most important thing? Yeah.
2: So you know, I I we'll start with Danos to get to get comfortable on a horse. You know, to have a little practice where you build that confidence. That's awesome. Um. Because a lot of these guys, they get out there and they're scared to death, right. you know, and it, it, it's not as enjoyable as it should be riding in there. I mean, that, that adventure starts when you get on that horse. It's, it's pretty cool. Right. Um, you know, shooting your bows, we'll, we'll speak of archery or even rifle, but um, shooting your bows, you go into an archery range, you watch everybody sitting there shooting 20 yards or standing on the same line, the same pose. It's that not, doesn't happen out in the it woods. It's not, it? not going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be standing on your forehead, shooting upside down. You know, <laughs> not really, but shooting off of a knee, uphill, downhill, and then you're already went from whatever altitude you're down here out east to eight thousand, ten thousand feet, right? And um, so your heart's going to be racing. So we'd like to have guys be in shape. You know, cardio, practice shooting all kinds of different shots. Like I said, uphill, downhill, on a knee, both knees. Um. Um. You know, just just being prepared for that hunt physically is is yeah, hard. The, the bottom line is, the better shape you're in, the more successful you're going to be. And I think also the more fun you're
1: going to have. I mean, when I went out there in 17, it was all summer. Was like, I got in the best shape of my life for a hunt. I won't right. do it for my own physical look or right. well being. But man, you're talking about putting a bull in front of me. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to get ready right. for this hunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you're putting a lot. It's an investment as a hunter's that's part, right. as your client's part. You know, it's it's a pretty good chunk. And we of can only
0: go as far as you can go. Right. I mean, right. You're not had, you're not dragging us. Yeah, we've had hunters where we we heard bulls that we didn't go after because couldn't do it. We we wouldn't get there. Right. I mean, it, by the time you get there, he's gone. Right. You
1: know. Well, and I think that's uh, that's something that's on you if you go out there and you can't you can't physically perform. Then then that's on you. But I can also see that happening. I struggled when I was out there just the altitude changed the first two days. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go. My lungs said, uh, yeah. we can't do this, man. It's just it's not <laughs> in the cards right yeah. now, but you guys are used to it. And then on the
0: wilderness hunts, I like to stress on people to minimize the the junk, the stuff on your bow, the stuff on your gun. Right. I mean you can get you can get too much. Right. And it's just putting too much stuff in the game. I like it real plain, you know, like Minimalist. my like my bow. I like a fixed pin sight. I don't want anything at moving. I don't want to have to adjust anything, right? Because m M-Elk are quick. I mean, you're you, you just have to you have to be ready, right? The you know? same with a gun. I mean, them guys can bring out adjustable scopes and all that stuff. Sometimes that gets in the way, right?
1: You know, and it can cause you to miss out on a great. It animal. will. And yeah. kind of, if you judge your hunt, which I don't, and I think we actually had a podcast earlier where we try not to judge hunt's success on killing an animal, you know, right. it's, it's the whole experience. Obviously that's what we're out there to do is, you know, hopefully harvest an animal. But if, if it's not that, then that's okay too. But I think you at least want to be able to put yourself in the pe- best position to do that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, yeah.
0: The Blue Line Bow Hunters Podcast. Partnering with Diamondback Truck Covers. Are you Diamondback ready? Prime Archery. Builder of the world's most accurate bow. HuntWise. The number one hunting app. And Sawyer. We keep you outdoors.
1: We were talking, uh, we were talking earlier. You were saying that maybe a good way to, uh, to train would be to, to run 100 meters and then pick up your bow, get down on a knee, and, and you know, fire away just to try and build that adrenaline. Uh, I know when my dad was out there, he said his heart was pounding and it was the other guy, his buddy that was with him when he shot and, uh, tell take us through this past year, maybe a, a hunt that both of you went on something cool. I want you to tell me about the hunt you were talking about with the guy that was taking his quiver off. Can you take us through that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I had a, gentleman because that's perfect example of your adrenaline making you forget how things happen. <laughs>
2: yeah. I had a gentleman that, um, we, we, we archery hunted with out of the same camp Matt's going to. Uh, the upper ute. So, Beautiful. <laughs> um, and and we had quite a few elk in there. And and um, so we set out on this herd bull. We had plenty of satellite bulls. In fact, he he drew and got busted drawing on, on three satellite bulls. They were all together. He didn't do that three times. They were all, they'd come flying in. Poor guy. They're going to run him over, and he's trying to draw, and then they Self-defense. saw Self-defense. Yeah. And um, anyways, we set out at daylight, you know, at 630 on this bull just screaming. And generally, then bulls will go to bed, you know, around that 11 o'clock, and they'll stop. This bull, this herd bull, he kept it up all day. So we're going, we're going, we're going, and, and we stop for about oh, 25, 30 minutes, to let this guy eat some lunch, and and um, um, we get back up, and we're going again, and at it, it, this one point, I said, all right, get ready, here he comes, and this guy looks at me like, I'm crazy. I mean, we've been on, we've been on his tail feathers all morning, but all of a sudden, Tell says he's coming, and kind of thought I was crazy. Well, he had been, every time we'd stop, he would take his quiver off his bow and lay it on the ground. And, uh, which is his preference. I was just more comfortable shooting like that, I guess, but, um, not something I, I would recommend. Any rate, uh,
1: I don't get that first off, but keep going. Yeah. yeah. Why would you ever want your arrows to be farther away from you? I but, ag- okay. I agree In with you. In case that guy's listening, you do yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll <laughs> talk to
2: Matt later. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> his name was Matt as well, but any rate um so here comes his bull and i see him coming up the hill so i'm scooting back i want to be away from my hunter i don't want to be on top of him i want to call that bull through my hunter so i get back there and i see a cow and a calf oh probably about 30 yards on my left and the guy goes to draw and his arrow falls off his he, it, the uh, knock fell off of the string and fell out of the front of the bow and i'm like man so i see him lean down and he grabs it and reloads and Now the antlers are... I'm seeing a little more of the antlers of the bull, so I know he's coming up this steep embankment. He draws again. Now, keep in mind, he had adjustable pins. A one pin, adjustable, had it set at 50 yards. And he shoots, and it sounds like a great shot. It sounds like... whack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a dead log. He shot five feet over the top of this bull, unbeknownst to me. So killed the log twice. It was already dead. He shot it again. Yeah, that log was dead. (laughs) (laughs) So... Now he's looking for an arrow. He's trying to reload, and he's looking all over the ground. And I, I give him the little pss, pss, And he looks at me, and I'm pointing at his bow. So he, he sees it there. He's
1: like, oh, it's still on my belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and he reloads, and uh, um, he was about two inches from missing him that time. You know, he
1: shot again, got another shot off. Lucky. Yes. Very lucky, got another shot off, spined him. Spined him. Yeah. yeah put him right down,
2: put him right down, and I gave that guy a hard time because uh I don't remember he was shooting a he was shooting a muzzy fixed blade, but he had um, he had a um rage expandable which we don't like to use for elk they okay. just don't work good, but he had a rage expandable on there, and I was giving him a hard time about that, and he said, oh, that's my grouse arrow in case we have to shoot a grouse and then it ended up being well, his
1: bull elk it, arrow yeah it
2: ended up being the arrow he had to use to mm. kill this bull um which he was fine so he wasn't going anywhere okay but that, that that sucker he went down there and died in a bog of course i'm trying to call the other the other guides and they're too far away or, or on a dan was on a bull so he he had his radio down but we had to pull him out of that bog but you know knowing your equipment it and it all happens in the heat of the moment right they're like ghosts i mean you'll be looking at an open field and I'm telling you, that elk just came out of the ground, because there's no way he got from point A to point B without me seeing that him.
1: That fast without you seeing him. And you're talking about an animal that's, what, 1,000-pound animal?
2: Yeah, it could be. Creeping yeah. through the woods.
1: We experience yeah. the same thing with black bears up in New Brunswick. Like, you have this 200-pound, 300-pound animal, and they just appear. it's yeah. like, I can't even walk through my yard without making noise, you know? And these <laughs> things are coming through the woods dead silent, you know? With the antlers. With the antlers, exactly, to boot. What about you, Dano? Any stories from this past year? Well, mine was
0: like the exact opposite. Uh, on the one hunt, we just started, and these two brothers did exactly what I told them to, do, and they were ready. They went did everything that Tell told them about practicing and clinics. You know, they did everything. They did the right broadheads. We went. Over, I went uh, maybe five minutes from the tent.
2: Well, real quick, this was the first night they just packed in that. Yeah, day. we just
0: got there to the tent. It was yeah. that afternoon. And we were pretty high, so the first evening we like to acclimate, you know, because the altitude is high. We don't want nobody to get sick. Right. You know. So I told them, I said, we're not going to get real far. We're just going to go back in here. So we literally went a couple hundred yards, you know, and I got to a bench that I knew of. I said, okay, we're just going to sit right here, you know. And they said, really? I said, yeah. I said, don't, don't get excited. It's the first night. Right. And I, I sat them down, and they knelt down like I told them to. And you know, as soon as I sat down, I knew there was going to be a good week because there they are. They had the arrows knocked, the release on. I mean, they were ready. They're ready to rock and roll. They ain't looking at birds and all that. They're they're ready. So when I get you see
1: me the first morning out there. That's how I'm going to look. <laughs> then you're ca- going to be like Matt. We got to still pack up in there. I'm going to be like I'm ready, Dana. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> so I called the. I hit a cow call a couple of times, and there was a bull laying laying a hundred yards below us. i know you. about it. Yeah, and he popped up. And I seen the guy's hand shaking like like a leaf, like trying to get my attention, you know.
1: I thought that was just from nerves. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: and then he looked over and I just nodded. I said, come on, get ready, you know. And I never seen the bull from where I was sitting, but I knew he was coming. And he came right to him. He shot him about 14 yards.
1: No way. The first night.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then. Then he turns around, and his hand still doing this.
2: Still <laughs> that was from
0: the, the <laughs> yeah, the shaking. Me-
2: meanwhile, Cappy, who's also here at the show with us, another guide. Meanwhile, Cappy had gone a different direction, a couple yep. hundred yards, maybe three hundred yards from the tent. And meanwhile, he and another hunter on on one get another one. So wow, we got two bulls first night.
0: But then, boys were ready to hunt. Yeah, and that and that means everything.
1: It does. You know? It really does. I mean preparedness and we talk about that like even with the job that we do as police officers you know just uh being being prepared every day whenever you're going out to work and uh i think that i hope that whenever we leave there you're like oh yeah those blue line bow hunter boys they came to hunt because i know when we went up to hunt new brunswick i mean he said a lot of the the shooters that come up there they might shoot once when they get there and that's it i mean we're out there shooting constantly we just love doing it mainly but uh i think you're gonna find preparedness out of us at least i hope so i agree but uh yeah. I just mainly because i'm so excited because I probably should have started the show with this but this friendship between us started i'm going to say about the time you took over from your dad because in 2014 i was a golf pro and it was my first time here at the outdoor show and we just won an elk hunt uh in yampa like one we won a lodge um and it was an over-the-counter tag and we found you and just started my dad he was. He's a BSer, as we've learned. And I think <laughs> if we're all being honest, Tell's a BSer, but that makes him a good salesman, <laughs> yeah. too. But anyhow, we developed this friendship. We talked to you for like two hours that year. The next year we came back, we talked to Tell for two more hours. The next year we came back, it's the year of our hunt. Talked to Tell for two more hours. Finally, I think it was in, was it 2018 or 19, where I'm like, how far out are you booked? Was it 18? It was 18.
2: 2018,
1: yeah. I'm like, how far out are you booked? And he's like, 22. Now I'm like, I looked at my dad and father-in-law and I go, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Like this guy is, you've been awesome, man. I just, I think you're just a great human being. And I'm I'm like, let's just, and I mean, I don't know if I'm going to see any elk. You might not even have a ranch for all I know, but I'm just excited (laughs) to come hang out with you boys. And we stress this so much, especially in the podcast. We just love working with great people. Um, and, And we're truly, truly excited to come out and hunt with you guys. So. One last quick story i got to tell you that this just happened. So my father-in-law, he's uh, an appliance salesman, right? Polish appliance salesman. Love him to death. But he called me and he goes, hey, instead of writing out this check to Rivers Bend Outfitters, how about he, appliance salesman, he has these tailgates that he puts these appliances on, a hydraulic lift, and they're about the same price as this hunt, right? He goes, you think Tell would mind if I write his name T A I L gate and try and write this off on my taxes i thought i'm like Uh that's ingenious
2: I've seen it before. Uh, that's pretty smart.
1: So if you I don't know if you got his check yet or not, but if your name is spelled T A I L That's A-I-L. the bottom line of it. That yeah. that's the whole point of it. Um, real quick, I don't want to take up any more of your time here. Your booth was packed all day. We tried to get this in earlier today, but it was just you were too you're too popular, Tell. No, oh,
2: thanks. It's
1: probably mm-hmm. actually more Cappy and Dano, but no, I just yeah. kidding, yeah. But uh where can people find you at? Uh, where can people go to see Rivers Bend Outfitters?
2: Absolutely. You know, Rivers Bend Outfitters is on Facebook, Instagram. We also have a website, um, you know, www.riversbendoutfitting.com. On there, on my website is my number, email, all the above. One
1: thing I love about you, and it's hard to find today, is uh, I call you. He will almost never answer because he's busy doing something else, which is cool because he's got a ranch, he's got... You got three beautiful kids. Uh, you're a busy guy, just like, uh, all of us are. But the thing is, you get back to people. And I think, uh, I think that's a testament to who you are. You know, you make a point to get back to them. And the thing is, like I said, he's a BSer. So it takes, (laughs) you'll spend some time with him on the phone. (laughs) I looked the other day and I was sitting, I just got home from work and I, My wife's texting me like, where are you? And I'm like, well, I'm talking in the truck to tell. (laughs) It was like 45 minutes. You and I talked. It felt like 10 minutes, right? Yeah. So um, super. I've probably said this when I go back and edit this podcast. It's probably 15 times. Super excited to come hunt with you guys. Can't wait. Appreciate it so much. Thank you, Ted. And I
2: just want to thank you and all the other cops for what you do for our country. You know, I've raised my children to respect you guys. I respect you and appreciate all of you. So that's appreciate it, man. That has nothing to do with you hunting with me or this podcast. I give all military, policemen, and firefighters a discount. So, appreciate, it, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you so you. much.
1: Appreciate it. you do, brother. Appreciate it. Yep. Can't wait to come see you guys. We'll have a ball. 350 inches or... So, uh, so that, <laughs> I'll tie one up.
2: That, that's what I was about to say. Uh, so, when Matt shoots a barely legal one, no, it had nothing to do with us. He decided uh, to pull the trigger. I'm not
1: going to lie to you guys. <laughs> the first morning when we see a calf and I say, hey, you <laughs> know, I bet... I bet that one's delicious. Yeah. I'm not going to let you shoot. Okay, good. All right. I need that. All right, guys. Thanks, again. thanks man. All appreciate right, it so I much. Appreciate All you. All right. We'll catch yep. you guys next time on the Blue Line Bow Hunters podcast. Thank cool. you very much. Thanks, boys.
0: Check out the Blue Line Bow Hunters on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or their website, www.bluelinebowhunters.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, watch your six.